Molson Chai Mishpacha, they're a family that's very close to the Masifta and dear. Many, many guys over the last number of years have gone to speak to Rai Sunshine from the Masifta. Many of the marrieds who have moved to Waterbury and who haven't have, have met and been zayichet to receive hadracha from Rai Sunshine. So really my own personal thank yous I give and should give and could give privately, but on behalf of the whole Masifta, I want to thank Rai Sunshine for all that he has done over the years for our Masifta and welcome him home tonight. Rai Sunshine has brought members of his shir, who I have also been zayicher to meet. They, they spent a beautiful Shabbos in Waterbury together, and they're here now. I want to speak for a minute about the yeshiva. I want to share one Dvar Torah before the music. I want to tell you a Yidah Kaddish. The Yidah Kaddish was the Rebbe, the Rebbe of Rabbonim of Pshischa. And my son told me a word, my son Yaakov told me a word from the Yidah Kaddish that I want to share and I want to a little bit try to explain the yeshiva that you're in. Somebody, somebody was, knows a little bit about the yeshiva and they bought me a book. This wonderful person bought me a book and they said, you're going to love this school. And it's a book about a school. It's called the Ron Clark Academy. And I read the book cover to cover. It's, it's, it's a wonderful school. It's a school of Atlanta, Georgia. And it's very, a lot of discipline, which is cool. This guy, Ron Clark, named the school after himself. And it's a very, very disciplined school. And it's very fun. It's a blast and teachers jump on the tables and they teach with crazy energy. They do crazy stuff. Thousands, tens of thousands of teachers from around the world have gone to the Ron Clark Academy in Atlanta, Georgia. Rabbi Sunshine and I have somebody that we appreciate a lot, who's, I believe, one of the great educators in America. And when I read the book, I called him up to ask him if he knows Ron Clark or Aaron Wilk. He said, of course, he met him, one of the most charismatic people he's ever met. And, and we spoke a little bit about the book. I think he completely misses the boat, completely misses the boat on education. I think he's a wonderful person who has a better attempt than some schools and misses the point of real chenach. When I told Rabbi Zon Shlita, Rebbe in the yeshiva, about the book, he said that Ron Clark would say pshat in the pasuk, that everybody has their way to be manipulated. That's how he would translate the pasuk. The reason I think his method is wonderful and he does good things, and plenty of kids from difficult situations come out well is I don't think he understands the human being. We are sitting here, a bunch of souls. Soul, 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 soul. Big, 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 big people. We're souls that have tremendous cravings for all the right things. We crave Hashem. We crave Hashem's Torah. We crave Shabbos Kodesh. I think those are facts about a soul. 
were put on in Earth, their challenges and blockages, Ron Clark works with people and manipulates and works hard in cool ways to get people to produce. And he gets people to produce. I don't sense that he senses his own innate greatness and the greatness that lies in each person. I think you have to ask yourself, why do you have to jump on tables? And he has his teachers doing the craziest, nuttiest, exciting things. He uses PR and the media. Television comes down and is constantly filming his school. Why does he need such weird manipulations? Because he doesn't believe it's in him and in the kids in his school. The premise of the yeshiva, the premise of a Makam Torah, the premise of this school, of this holy yeshiva, is the innate beauty and preciousness of each soul. And if each soul badly wants the right things, craves the right things, that's the premise. And education has much more of an authentic, it's less contrived, less set up, and there's a certain experience of honesty and realness. This is a holy yeshiva of much real conversation, an honest conversation of people who present themselves and connect and relate and uncover the tremendous beauty that lies within us all. So with that background, let me share this part of the Yiddah Kaddish. The Yiddah Kaddish asks that it says, Rav Gamliel, in this week's parsha, the Medrash says that Rav Gamliel says that my kibbutz of aim is not a hundredth of Esav's. Esav's kibbutz of aim is far superior to mine. Why? Because the Pasuk in this week's parsha says that Esav had a special pair of begadim. The language when it says Rivki Menu got begadim, she gave Esav's begadim to Yaakov Avinu to fool Yitzchak. It says she took the begadim asher ita babayis that were with her in the house. Now why it says the begadim were with her in the house explains the Medrash that Esav had incredible kibbutz avim. He had a special pair of clothing that he left by his father's house and he would only serve his tata with these begotten. He would dress in cool, fancy, beautiful garments to serve his father. Says Rev Shem Gamil, I serve my father in begotten meluchlachim, in dirty garments. Now whenever you learn Tyra, bring your own personality. Show up when you learn. I have certain chazal that attract me because of who I am. Any chazal that speaks about lateness, I just am very curious and interested chazal. Any chazal about dirty clothing, I am in. In the world, I am one of the worst in the world at taking care of my garments. My kid, you see me in a white shirt, like, hello, you're speaking to a public, wear your jacket. It's very simple that dandruff is not seen on a white shirt. And on a jacket, my jacket grows dandruff. I just, I'm not great with garments. I thank Hashem, my sons are all, my son, my, she's well-dressed and looks so geschmack. I don't know what it is, I'm not great with clothing. I try very hard, I'm getting a little better. If you see today, the shoe's not bad, my pants, I'm working, I'm trying. My kid's having some impact. 
Begadim is hard for me. I don't know why, and I just struggled. My kids have bets when I buy a hat. How quickly it's going to get wavy. You know the hats, the rim. I try hard. They have five years. Their hats look amazing. My two, three weeks is usually all of a sudden, and I'm trying so hard, it gets wavy. I don't know. Lumaisa, any chazal about dirty begadim and difficulty caring for begadim perks me up. That's the way I am. So that's because it's a topic that interests me. And Rav Shiloh Gamliel says that when I serve my father, I wear begadim and dirty begadim. And Esau's kibbutz is whenever he served his father, he wears beautiful begadim. And the question begs on the chazal, so Shir Gamil, he's a tanner for heaven's sake. So put on nice begadim. It's not easy. Anytime you serve your father, so dress nice begadim. I have a suit, I have like a shackle attire with myself, like maybe some people are not capable. We just can't. But then it wouldn't be a pigam l'chayr in Kibar Avim. Rav Shem Gamliel says on himself, the great tanner of Shem Gamliel, that he wears begadim l'muchlachim when he serves his father, dirty garments. And he praises Ace of Kibar It's amazing that he wears beautiful garments. That's the chazal. So the question is, is why doesn't Rav Shem Gamliel put on beautiful begadim? I admit one can answer, and this could be a conversation for hours, and is relevant to the conversation we will have, but I admit one can say that Rav Shem Gamliel wasn't talking about the external action. Esau was on the level of gratitude to his parents that he felt like putting on new begadim. He had a tremendous madrega, he understood the loyalty to a dad, and Rav Shemek Amliel saying, by me, yeah, I can externally, I can externally do it, but I don't automatically feel the way. I can serve it to God and Luchlachim. So there's a possible approach, but I want to tell you the Yid HaKadosh's approach, I think it's magical. My kids are sitting here, and we know together that this is an approach I'm saying in front of my children and I'm not afraid to say it in front of my son and shine's children and I hope you listen to this for your own children. Tomorrow in yeshiva is parents day. Wouldn't it make sense, do you know a yeshiva in the country? I promise you in the Ron Clark Academy parents day is the parents of the entire Masifta are coming tomorrow at one o'clock. The parents, are sh- there will be hundreds of people here. Visiting there is no yish- mis- there's no school in the country that if the entire parent body is coming, people are flying in from out of town. Hundreds of people, grandparents will be here. Siblings will be here. Now, any school in the country, I promise in Ron Clark's school, and he describes it in his book, when the media comes, which is like every third day, they scrub the place clean, they get it. After all, you know, it has to look good for the public. It would make sense, we have the parents, we have not had one meeting of our Masifta, how guys should dress. We have not had one conversation how the dorm should look. Now, it seems rather funny. Shouldn't the guys clean up? And by the way, after the parents leave, I will gather the guys and talk about how we should dress for our parents and how we should clean up. But I won't do it before they come along here. Why not? 
What's happening? What a weird school. Parents are coming. Not one meeting. I'm saying it now, not as a wink-wink. No, no. Each guy dress as you are. Why is that? And I want to explain the Yid HaKadosh. Says the Yid HaKadosh that the reason Reb Shem Gamliel wore Begadim Uluchlachim, he says that Esav looked from for Yitzchak Avinu. We all learned the Rashi, the Chazal, that he used to trick, Tzayid Befiv, he would trick his dad. He would ask from a Shailah, says the Yid HaKadosh, Esav was doing big stuff. Keep it up. He did not want to bring pain to his father. So his want and will to be, make his father feel good. It's very painful. Real talk, real people. It's painful for a parent, your kid's troubles. It's painful, deeply, deeply painful. A parent cares the most in the world about their child. And a child's struggle is a major desire for a parent. And Esav had a cheshben, that is, I'm going to wear nice begotten, says the Yira Kaddish means his presentation to his father, dictated to Esav that he's not presenting his struggles, his ills. He was a Yisrael Mumer, he was a sinning Yid. And he's going to hide from his father, of course. He had areas of tzidkos, he's Yitzchak Avinu's son. Says the Yid HaKadosh, Esav remains Esav, he remains a Russia, and he is thrown Mumer because he didn't present the true self to his father. Says the Yid HaKadosh, Rabshim Gamliel said to my father, I wear begadim uluchlachim. Of course, I don't want my father to have tzar, but I want my father to know me. I want to have an honest, authentic relationship. I want to be impacted by my tata. And if I dress up, I can't be impacted. Dad, Shalom Aleichem, my name is Shimon Ben Aliyah, this is what I am. The Begadim Uluchlachim says the Yid HaKadosh means that he honestly presented himself to his tato. I was Zaycha this past week, one of the most precious souls on this campus. Bachar, I'm crazy with, I was there for two hours. This Bachar, we called his father to Yeshiva. And the Bachar sat and spoke honest feelings to his tata. And, and, and the Reb Shimon Gamliel method presented. I thought afterwards, okay, we all hugged each other goodbye. It was a very, very emotional meeting. Realness, authenticity, painful, difficult, and real. The son said his real thoughts. The father proceeded to tell us the story of his life, and there was closeness. We all hugged, the father took off of work, traveled two hours together, and okay, we said goodbye, he's going home. Eight hours later, the father and son still had not left each other. Eight hours after the minute, the father was still with the son. They still were hanging together, eight hours later. And I want to say that Rav Shemur Gamliel was saying, explains the Yid HaKadosh, that to have a relationship with a Tata, sometimes requires and I have to show up as I am and express and share. Schools will sometimes say, we allow for Q&A, question and answers, as if like Q&A is a way, you see there's openness, we say oh, that, that is no shaykhist to openness. A Q&A, but who said somebody feels free to really express? If I was asked to ask the question in public, I wouldn't agree. 
I don't want to open up in front of anybody who's there. It's not what happens. A place of openness, and I believe a yeshiva has to be, I believe we have to get this into our schools in some way. The definition of safe schools, to me a school is only safe. I feel strongly and fiery about this. What We have to change the definition of safe schools. To many a safe school is if everybody's behaving, all of us sitting here know what's going on in yeshivas. And there are tremendous challenges that are internal, that are real in every single environment. The only safe yeshiva in the world to me is a place that a person can express honestly, just doesn't have to be publicly, but honestly it's encouraged. There is no drama to express and share. Shalom Aleichem, this is who I am. And the Yirak Kaddish describes of Shiru Gamliel becomes the Tanim of Shiru Gamliel because when he served his father, he had begotten the He was able to present himself to his father. Of course, the goal is to have beautiful garments when we serve our father, but it should be who we are and what we are. So I want you to share this incredible Yirak Kaddish with the Chevra here. I think it's a magical Yirak Kaddish. I want to say that Rabbi Sanchein Shlita has helped thousands of people without exaggeration and I stand with those thousands. He's taught many of us to express ourselves, to get in touch with our essence. I, I say a few factors have, are changing my life. The friendship I have with Rabbi Sanchein is one of the factors, meeting the guys here. I came here like a Geschmackster. I'm going to be mechazek, we'll get good deeds, we'll get the guys doing what's right. And along the way I found people who understood themselves and who found tremendous amounts inside themselves. I look around during Shabbos and I see Friday night people singing Kachsev and getting connecting to Shabbos Kodesh, real. Souls feeling Shabbos. There's a guy in Yeshiva, looks like a normal cool guy, came here, all different challenges. He described to me, and subsequently, it was a week ago, his parents described, they sing Zmiris in the family now. They added Shalashudas in the family. They have Shalashudas as a very wonderful, prestigious home, and they had this tough child. This tough child has brought Zmiris to his family, and Shalashudas, and he craves Shabbos and loves Shabbos with his parents. The parents told me he has impacted their lives and he's brought Shabbos to the family. We have tremendous greatness inside of us. We can't be afraid to work through, to express, to figure out. A lot of our fear of, of, of the Begadim Aluchlachim is the sense that this, we, we don't want that out, we don't want to express. We we're wonderful, we're souls. Hashem didn't miss by any of us. And of course, a soul on this earth with its own journey, with its own challenges. Rai Sun in China has helped thousands of us. Yeshiva, parents, relatives, friends, yidden from all over on this journey of, of self-expression, of finding oneself. It opens up new areas, new relationship to Torah. It opens up a new connection to prayer, to meet this Taivas. It affects every aspect of Yiddishkeit. So I want to thank Rai Sanjan again. I want to welcome Ishir. You all have a tremendous, tremendous fuss 
to learn by your Rebbe who has access for Klal Yisrael in a very authentic way. He's access to people's attachment and awareness, understanding itself, which has helped us bond with Hashem, His Torah, His people. A big, a big, a big thing in what's going on in the world. We're gathered here. I want, since Simcha's Torah, all I want to do is make gatherings. There's been a massive awareness where a yid. It's, it's come out. I was, we had a guy who learned here who lives in Nashville, Tennessee today completely with Gaim. He's been through severe things in his life and I have big dreams. He's one of the biggest souls in my estimation, one of the biggest souls who ever learned to this yeshiva. I don't have the eyes always to know, but I could sense he has a big soul. It really appears to me as like a lofty soul. And he's living in Nashville, Tennessee. We keep in touch. He's in touch with very few Yidden. He, we spoke recently. He said, Rebbe, I'm different than everybody around me. He has an awareness I'm a Yid. We've been moved. Our nation has been moved. We're Yidden. The first thing is that we're bonded with each other. I'm 49. Never in my life have I seen the closeness that Yidden are feeling to each other, there's a kirva, and then we're also asking what does it mean to be a yid, and each of us is discovering what does it mean to me, I'm a yid, what that means. But there's been an awakening, we're yidden. I've been trying since Simcha's Torah just to gather people, it means a lot that Rai Sunshine shares here. The purpose of this gathering, what, we played some ball together, we'll sing together, Icar is that yid not gathered. I like Doilam Shmuzing, and talking and enjoying each other. We're Yidin, we connect to other Yidin, and it means something to be a Yid. I was very happy some of the Hevra went to the rally in Washington. We weren't Zaych as a Yeshiva to go, but we sent plenty. These guys I, you guys went Ashrechem. Ashrechem, just to stand next to a Yid. I'm yid. And guys who went were moved. Just were Yidin. I wanted to go. We made at the time, we, things worked out tech. I wanted to be there. I was there because I wanted to be there, and I really wanted to be there. We made at the same time a rally here. We made exact same times and tried to as much as we can to the rally there. And Baruch Hashem, some of the guys were Yidden, were part of a beautiful people, the Am Hashem. We have to band with other Yidden, and we ask ourselves, each one, that little voice, something's aroused inside of us. I don't need the guy in Nashville. This guy, Dan Kalish, is more in touch. I'm a Yid. I used to see cool people and I would say, wow, what a tzaddik. I would think to myself, that guy's such a tzaddik. I'd see my own children, see my tzaddik, I see his behavior. I don't call him a tzaddik, I just say he's a Yid. I lost track. I lost tracks. I saw somebody amazing. I called the tzidkus. I didn't understand. He's a Yid. a Yid. A Yid is a big thing. It's a big deal. He's a Yid. Person's a yid, this is a yid. And I, I wanna I wanna thank you precious yid that as I to learn by a Rebbe who's teaching people to get in touch with their essence. We're living in incredible times. There are people that will mock that there's a lot of com identity confusion today. I think it's an amazing generation. There's a generation who's asking, Who am I? Do you know a guy got up? My wife played me, a guy got up. And he said, why is there anti-Semitism? And he gave five famous reasons and argued on them all. And he said, I think, a guy said this, I think this anti-Semitism 
because the whole world is asking, who are we? And there's one nation who knows who they are. They have an identity, they know who they are. The preciousness. I want to close with the thought that I had. We're learning Babakam and Yeshiva. And I'll close before Shloyma sings that Avram Avinu had a coin. Now on the coin you put a very important picture. And on the coin of Avram Avinu, there was an old man and old lady on one side and a young boy and a young girl on the other side. Why is that the coin? Now it's true, the old man, old lady, Rashi says, Avram and Sarah. The young man and young lady, Yitzchak and Rivka, why would, but it's clearly not just saying about Avram, Yitzchak, Sarah and Rivka, because it says the coin at an old man, old lady, one side, young man, young lady, the other side. Why is that the coin of Avram? What's well, like the coin, you put something that celebrates who you are. What I want to say, Rabbi, say why that's the coin of Avram. The mark of a great people, the mark of a great people is you celebrate the older people. Old people are celebrated and valued because it means you know where you come from. You have a Messiah that's rich and important. So everybody celebrates the elders, are valuable and precious. Avram Avinu started the people, the Am Hashem. Our elders are respected and appreciated and wanted and loved. And youngsters, I remember there was an age, I had a friend's father who was very American, and he had an attitude, it was a very Western thing, kids are meant to be seen and not heard. He was the tight kid scram. Us adults are here, Baguf. And there's a ruach today, I see it in yeshiva, my Yisrael Rameyer is treated in this yeshiva like a king. People, and I see with Rizon's children, there's a beautiful thing going on. There's an awakening to the preciousness of each person. If you value who we are, so a child is Ahmed Ligdullah, he's He's the next great Zakat and Gadl The mark of a great people is they value the old and the young. Our nation's praying for the freedom of hostages and amongst them their elders and youngsters. And we're a people that value old, young alike, are precious and valued. Our coin as an old man and old lady on one side, and as a young boy and a young girl on the other side, we're a nation who knows who we are, who know what we have, who know what we're about, and we've been awakened. We've been aroused to who we are. I'm going to ask Shlomo. Shlomo's brother, Chaim Guri, is somebody who's, been, who's close to Rai's son and shine, who's been impacted in the yeshiva. And his brother wrote a song celebrating the value of every yid. If you could start with that song, Shloyma for the Hefra. Yes, please do. Come, come, Shloyma.
Johnny, let's, Hever, let's all sing together. We speak about 
the unity of the Jewish people and the preciousness of the Yid, and we're zaychet to have different chevra from different places, different ages together. Let's sing. The Reb Levi Yitzchak of Bardichev was a Yid who appreciated Yidin. So, Johnny, if you'll start the Bardichev and Egan. <laughs> Benzie, Benzie, Benzie. You'll tell me. 
you know, it's Ellie Brenner. Ellie Brenner, Hakoyim.
It's overwhelming and very special for me to be here, and especially to be able to bring the boys from Landers. So thank you to all of you, to Rabbi Kalish, and to everyone for, for welcoming us and for, for, for spending this, this Malava Malka together. And it does bring back many, many memories of wandering around this campus. That was basically my job here, to wander the campus. There are still chickens and everything? No, 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 no. We used to go by the animals a lot. Remember? <laughs> you know, it was amazing when I when Rabbi Kalish got up to speak. I was thinking when he started that it's like just like old times. We used to be in a yeshiva together. We were in camp together, and Rabbi Kalish would speak. I would speak. Mostly, I tried to listen to Rabbi Kalish speak. And the truth is, it wasn't really like old times at all, because like the mark of any true, true Emmis real person, Rabbi Kalish is not the same person that he was 10 or 15 or 20. We know each other for 23 years, by the way. Rabbi Kalish is not the same person as he was then, and hearing him speak is hearing the development of a person who's not just developing in his mind. A lot of people think that's what development is, but he's developing it deeper and deeper inside. And it's a, it's yeah. just, just in terms of what he's sharing with us, and it's just the bracha. And you guys are getting the, the, the cream of the crop of 23 years of Rabbi Kalish developing and developing and developing. So you should consider yourselves very, very, very fortunate. Another thing that we, that, we, that we both find ourselves talking about is how different Ma'amore Chazal or even Psukim make us feel. The ones where Mikhailish talks about the things that he's attracted to. So I have a few Psukim in this week's Parsha that I am the opposite of attracted to. I have a few Psukim in this week's Parsha that when I, from the time I was a young teenager always made me feel uncomfortable. And that was the Psukim, you're going to be surprised. It was the psukim of Esav, of Yitzchak giving the brachas to Yaakov, and the subsequent parsha as that unfolded. He gives the, he, he, um, um, Yaakov comes in, he says, Who are you? He's not sure who he is. I call, call Yaakov, Ayodayim Yudei Esav. And then he, he, he gives the bracha, and then Esav comes in, he says, Who was the first guy? And really, Eli Getz really opened up to me the, uh, the, um, this point, he really made me face my demons today, because at the at the end of Shalashudas, he started to talk to me about the fact that really Yitzchak seems to have absolutely no idea what he was doing. Doesn't it seem that way when you read the Pesukim? He really seems to not have any idea what he's doing, and it brings to be it brings to my mind like this image that's very frightening to me. This image of like this old blind rabbi. And someone, he wants to give a bracha, and someone comes in, and he's like, who are you? And then he's not 100% sure who he is, and he has reasons to think he's Esau, reasons to think he's Yaakov, and then he's just like, okay, fine, I'll give the bracha, I guess. 
And then, and then after he gives the bracha, then Esav comes in. He goes, oh no, so who was the first guy? All right, but look, he got the bracha already. And he almost makes you feel like Yitzchak probably spent the rest of his life saying like, I don't know what, like everybody that walked into this house, you were like, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> now clearly that can't be the case, but doesn't it sound that way? It's disturbing. And for me, it's very disturbing also because I grew up with this myth that Gedolim have everything all planned out in their life. They see everything laid out in front of them. They have no doubts, no fears, no sfeikos, nothing worries them, like, like superheroes. That's the way I grew up, and therefore when, I come, when I'm opening a chumash, for heaven's sake, a chumash, and I read in the chumash about someone who, a lot of confusion there, it bothered me. And today, when Ellie asked me this kasha, I, I thought about it again, and I realized that I really, should, instead, of, instead of being repulsed from this, Rahman al-Islam, I should really learn a very, very important lesson from it. Because a lot of times in our lives, we decide that it's time to make a move. It's time to make a move. It's time to step up. It's time to, we have to, we were talking by the Oneg last night when we were, we were talking about like the, the concept of like making a decision, it's time to pick it up a level. And then we were grappling a little bit after when we were schmoozing, we were grappling a little, okay, so, so what does pick it up a level mean? What do I do? And I, I think about myself, I think about so many guys I've spoken to that like, I want to bring it up a level, but, but I feel paralyzed. Like, I just, don't, I just don't know what that means. I don't know what, what do I do? Yitzchak Avinu is so amazing, so incredible. Yitzchak Avinu knows that he doesn't have to know how everything is gonna unfold. The question is really such a limud. Yitzchak Avinu knows that Hashem is running the world and he needs to do what we call the next right thing. He needs to do the, the next right thing. He needs to follow through with what he thinks is right today. What works for me? I want to change my life. I want to change my life is just like something we say today and tomorrow we're just like, yesterday I said I wanted to change my life, that's interesting. But if I say I want to change my life, you know, it's, it's interesting, there's this phenomenon, I don't know if any of you know about it. The guys in my share may have heard me talk about it. There's this, um, um, it's one of Rabbi Kalish's favorite things. It's, there's this time management guru out there who, um, um, he, had, he started this whole movement called GTD. You've heard of it? GTD, getting things done. GTD. And he has, if you read the book, you could, if you're not a super organized person, you read the book, you'll have a panic attack before you get through the book. It's like, it's like, it's like organizing like on steroids. It's, it's, a, it's a, but I, I tried to pull out a few things that I could take with me. There was no way I could do the book and survive as a sane human being in this world. But I, I took a few things from it and he says a very interesting thing. He says, make a list of what you have to do. So guys like, like um, let's say guys will write, I have to do applications to get into school. I have to fill out applications to get into school. I have to apply to school. He says, that is not a thing. That is 20 things. You have to get a recommendation letter, then I get a recommendation letter from this guy, you have to figure out the wish, you have to speak to financial aid, blah, 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 that's 20 things. And you decided you're gonna do the thing. 
you can, you can never check that off the list. So you just look at it, you're like, aha, okay, tomorrow. You, don't, you never do it. So he says, whenever you pick a topic like that, ask yourself, but what's the first thing to do? And write down just the first thing to do. Don't you see that in Yitzchak Avinu? Yitzchak Avinu knows he has a Klal Yisrael to build. And he knows he has these brachas that he's been granted, that he has to give over. That's what he has to share with the world. Someone comes in to get the brachas. Yitzchak does his checking and he recognizes that this is the person who's supposed to get the brachas. But who is this person? I don't know. I'm not sure. What's going to be? I don't know. I'm not sure. How does this work out? You, Yitzchak, you thought your entire life that you're building the Esau family. Now you realize you've made a mistake. You're building the Yaakov family, maybe. Like, don't, don't, you, don't you want to just say, guys, just stop, stop now, time out. We have to figure this out again. No. Yitzchak Avinu just says, I recognize that the next right thing for me to do is to give this bracha to this individual. That's the next right thing. Okay. Then Esav comes in. And Yitzchak's like, that's so interesting. Who's the person I just gave the bracha to? Gam baruch But I know I did the right thing. And I don't understand. But I know I did the right thing. And I think that sometimes... We are so wrapped up in being confused in how our future will work out. I, I, I know I do this to myself, and I know so many guys do this, that, that like, you're just like mapping out and trying to figure out how life will turn out and how we're going to do things and what's going to be and what's going to happen and how things are going to come together. And sometimes we're just getting wrapped up in too many chashvaynas. Gam I have to do the next right thing. So if I know that I want to step, t- take it up a level in my Avedis Hashem, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. But you know what I could do? It's almost 10 o'clock on a Matzah Shabbos. I could do tonight right. I could do tonight in a way that, I, that I'm proud of. I could do tonight right. I could sing my heart out. I could sit with friends. I could, I could do tonight right. I don't know how my whole plan here of changing my life or, or developing my life or stepping it up or whatever else you want to call it. I don't know how all of that works out, but I know one thing. Right now, right here, I have a Matzah Shabbos, an amazing Matzah Shabbos, Parshas Teldos, Tavshim Pei Dalet, and I could do tonight right. And that's what I learned today from Yitzchak Avinu, thanks to Eli. You see what I mean?